Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. We are continuing our study in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and we are continuing to deal with the problems of money. Solomon gets very, very practical in this book of Ecclesiastes. Nearly everything in the entire book is very practical because he's dealing with common issues of life. The areas of life that all of us experience in one way or another. And he is telling us, he's he's giving us the insights we need to direct our lives profitably and productively and fulfillingly so that we don't spin our wheels trying to find fulfillment in things which cannot produce it. And one of those things that many people think produces fulfillment but does not, it cannot, is money. And when people make money their primary goal in life, they always come up short. They always fail to become satisfied. They always have all kinds of problems. And so, learn. <laughs> learn from what Solomon is telling us. This, this man who, in many cases, has learned by making his own mistakes and learning from the mistakes. But at least he learned from his mistakes. And he's passing on what he learned to others so that they don't have to learn in the same way. Because sometimes... When people go down this route, they never recover. They learn too late when it's too late to do anything about it. And so learn now what Solomon is telling us about money. He tells us in verse 10 of chapter 5 that money cannot satisfy. In verse 11 that money multiplies expenses. In verse 12 that money deprives of sleep. And now in verses 13 through 16 that money encourages hoarding, and there are several sub-problems that go along with that. And so thank you for joining me on this Friday, September 25. Many thanks for those who invest some of the money that God has entrusted to you in the interests of Christ's kingdom by helping support the Beacon Broadcast and the, and the broadcasting of the Word of God. That's a good place to put some of your money if you want it to do good, if you want to find fulfillment, if you want your money to be fulfilling to you in this life and to last beyond the grave for the life to come. There's only one way to do it, and that's to invest in those things which are eternal. And so may God teach us these things 
as we get back now into chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. As we've learned, number one, money encourages hoarding. When you have it, there's a tendency to love it more and more and to hoard it more and more, to hold on to it more and more. Again, how many times, and and I'm looking now at verse 13, there is a severe evil which I have seen under the sun, riches kept for their owner to his hurt. And they can become hurtful in many ways, but there's nothing more, what should I say, nothing more, I want to say disgusting, that's a very strong word, but there's, there's nothing more disappointing than a wealthy person who will not share, a wealthy person who does not seem capable of, of giving, a wealthy person who many times will act like they don't have wealth. They, they feign poverty, and we all know it's not true. It's really, yes, very disappointing, and even at this level, quite a bit disgusting when you see someone that is known to be wealthy, but they're always poor-mouthing. It's a psychological thing. They're, they're doing it, I think, in order to, on the one hand, in their own own minds and their own conscience try to compensate for their wealth as they act as if they don't have it which in fact they do but on the other hand i think they 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 don't want people to to think they have money when they do because well they they don't want people to try to take advantage of them and so forth and so on i mean who knows the reasons it's hard to penetrate the motives of the human heart but one thing is 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 sure and that is there are a lot of wealthy people who are far less generous with their abundance than ordinary people are with their with their ordinary means those who don't have much surplus but they give generously out of what god has given to them and here are people that God has given to in rich abundance. And they hoard, 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 hoard. And there's no happiness in that. There's no fulfillment in that. Riches can be hoarded harmfully. They often are. And riches can be lost suddenly, and that's one of the problems of hoarding it. Many people I've known who've, who've taken the attitude, I'm going to build my wealth now, build my savings, build my retirement, build my estate. I'm going to work real hard on doing that now. And then when I get everything in place, I'm going to be generous with my money. Well, there are a lot of problems with that. From a practical standpoint, one problem is you may not live to that point. You've got that goal out there, but you may die before that time comes. That means you're going to die without having given. God has blessed you. You could have given. You should have given. You, you would have been blessed in your giving, and you didn't. And it's too late. You died in what we would sometimes say is in a premature way, and it's too late, you can't do it. Uh, another problem with that is that sometimes your wealth gets lost. That's a sad thing when somebody who has worked hard 
and saved and invested, and then through some means, it might be the crashing of the stock market or the failing of a business or who knows, all kinds of things that can happen. It can get stolen. Somebody can can uh, can uh, get it, get get inside your <laughs> your your bank account in some way and and um, embezzle your fortune away and it's gone. All kinds of ways that you can lose it, and you you may never get to that place where you have this abundance that now you're comfortable enough that you are. You feel safe and secure, and you can start being generous in your giving. You better learn to be generous now. And that's the other problem with this. It's contrary to what the Bible tells us. The Bible doesn't tell us to wait until we reach a certain financial level and then start giving. The Bible teaches us to give regularly, to give out of everything that God gives to us. When he gives to us, we give a portion to him. And the way we give it to him, of course, is to invest it in his work. That's what the Bible teaches us. And when you don't do it, you incur all kinds of problems and losses and liabilities. And riches can be lost very suddenly. But here's the the final point in this, and that is, whether or not they are lost suddenly, you may manage to keep them to the end, but riches are always lost eternally. Always. You can't take them beyond the grave except in the way that Jesus told us. But that's that's the meaning of verses 15 and 16. As he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return. You didn't bring any riches into this world, and you're not going to take any out. To go as he came, and he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. That's a problem. Riches will always be lost eternally. They can never become a permanent possession, because you can't take them beyond the grave. They cannot be retained beyond earthly life. All riches are lost eventually. They are only entrusted to us for this life alone for us to manage for their true owner, who is God. And therefore, we are to allocate them wisely while we are still alive. We hear admonitions to say, be sure to to, uh, thank people now because the day will come when they won't be here and you can't thank them. You can't you can't tell them how much they mean to you. So tell them now, tell them regularly because the day will come when that will be impossible. Well, this is the same concept. You should give generously now. You should invest in the lives of others now. You should be be willing to share now with those who are in need. You should be investing now in the work of Christ's kingdom. You should be doing that all along and regularly because that's the only money that is going to survive the grave. There are riches that will meet you in eternity, but they are only the ones that you give away in time. That's one of the things that Jesus taught in that 
parable about the unjust steward, when he made the application to his disciples, he said, Make to yourselves friends by means of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, that is, when you die, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. You can send them on ahead so that they'll meet you. You can have friends that will meet you in heaven, friends that you maybe even never met on earth, but you you made friends by your investment in the work of Christ's kingdom. And as the gospel went forth, people were brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through the gospel labors that you helped to invest in. And those are friends who are going to meet you on the other side. And that is the eternal preservation of your money. You have been investing in the kingdom of heaven. You have been laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and where thieves cannot break through and steal. That's the only money that will outlast your your life upon the earth. But any other money is going to fail when you fail. It can't survive beyond your life. It will never become a permanent possession. It will be lost to you eventually. It hasn't been given to you to hoard. It hasn't been given to you to accumulate so that you've got a big um, nest egg when you die because that didn't do you any good and you didn't use that for the glory of Christ and for the good of others. And therefore, money needs to be invested wisely while you're still alive, while you're able to do that. And when you do that, you'll find fulfillment, you'll find happiness. Then the money that you see not as your possession, but as belonging to God, you're just managing it for His glory, it can bring a great deal of satisfaction in life. But if you don't treat it that way, it never will. Until next week, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you His eternal peace.